Hello, hello, hello. It is Stu. It is the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. And this is something I have not done in a in a while. I have not opened my book of business, meaning the gym owners and business owners I work with on a monthly recurring level in a hot minute because of COVID, because of my license model and urban movement stuff. Just really, really busy with that. But I have opened the book back up. For those of you guys who don't know, I only work with 40 micro gym owners and fitness business owners per month. That's it. It's the max that I do. I work with people. I literally month to month level, no contract. You get access to me for either 30 minutes once a month or one hour once a month. You get full access to micro gym university. You get a bat phone to me where you can text call, video message, whatever it is, audio message, and we can be in contact in between our calls. And that's how I go ahead and create custom tailored solutions to your business problems. So if you're looking to work with somebody where you're not stuck in some douchey fucking 12 month EFT contract, you have to give your banking information, you got to spend $6,000 up front, you literally want to get on a call, talk with me in real life, just me, where I just listen to you, talk to you, we talk about your problems, I come up with a solution, an executable plan, and then we tackle it together. And then in between that, you want Microgym University and be able to access me when you have you know, a fire go off in your business on a random Tuesday or some shit pops off late at night and you want my opinion on it, then shoot me a DM, let me know, because this is the first time I'm opening up to go back to 40 per month and it's going to fill up quick. Guys, we're going to get into the podcast here in a second, but just thank you for listening to the pre-roll. And I really do hope, like my goal is to work with as many of you guys in some capacity. If it's for one month, two months, fucking three years, I don't give a shit. But if you got some problems and you want someone to bounce ideas off of and help you create an executable plan of action, I hope that I'm your fucking guy. All right, onto the podcast. What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it's another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. It is the day after Memorial Day. Hope everybody face fucked some hot dogs and got in a workout or didn't or just hung out and drank some beers and or didn't and uh, whatever. Hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day. Um, this podcast topic is around innovation and how I think it's overrated in the sense that I don't think most micro gym owners need to be spending time racking their brain searching for innovative ideas, ways to innovate their service. And and here's what what I mean by that. When I deal with a client and I'm helping them with branding, right? It could be new taglines, new class names, new business names, new ideas, new constructs. Most of them are are hiring me and doing so because they in, intuitively, like their natural gifted self, that's not one of the gifts, right? They don't have that. And And when I get on a call with them and we are discussing this, I'm always trying to tell them like, listen, I, I'm glad we're on a call doing this because if you were to sit there and rack your brain, like, you know, you wanted to think of a new name for something and you're like, okay, I'm going to think of a new brand name, a new brand name, new brand name. We got it. All right, let's go. At two hours every day, I'm going to think of a new brand name. That can become very, very exhausting and, and there's a very quick level of diminished returns there. 
Like, you, again, if you don't have it, the creativity naturally, you don't have it. And all the think tanking in the world will not help you. Now, contrary to that, one of my courses inside of MGU, which comes from a book that Jeremy Miller wrote called Brand New Name, goes through a step-by-step process on if you were to brainstorm with others, not yourself, but with others for brand names, this is how you do it. And it takes you through you know, pretty much a 30-day process. Um, but by and large, innovation outside of brand name, let's talk actual innovation, doing things different, not just calling things different things, but actually doing different things. That will be our operational definition for innovation today. In my opinion, is not probably worth your time to sit down and think of. Because when you, because here's what happens with innovation. You, if you're that kind of person that can innovate and you are creative and you're able to see the abstract and break through the confines of the current construct that you exist in, you will see it naturally. It will just come to you. You will not have to. People ask me all the time, how did you, you know, what really made you, like, how did you think or decide to get rid of the pull-up ring? How did you decide to go with just gymnastics rings, two different sets? Like, how did you decide, like, what made you decide to go with the five-foot barbell or go with the, the squares and the pick-a-spot model pre-COVID? Why did you decide to draw, like, whatever it may be that I've done and changed uh, for Urban Movement, I didn't sit down and be like, all right, today's Tuesday and I'm going to innovate today. I'm going to sit down for two hours and I'm going to think of ways to innovate. No, I recognized flaws or inefficiencies already in the system and I said, fuck that. Like, okay, this is what I don't like. I don't like that when I watch 90% of my clients who have a barbell in their hands, there's tons of wasted metal. It makes zero sense. They're never filling up the end of the whole collar. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. So how do I fix that problem? And obviously that can lead to the solution of you know the five foot barbell. For you guys, when you're sitting there and you're like, man, I wanna have an innovative gym, I wanna be doing things different, you don't have to be thinking and having a whiteboard and shower thoughts. What you need to be doing is identify why you want it to be different. I had a visceral you know, problem with that wasted space. I hated every photo I saw where someone had their hands and they were pressing the bar overhead and then there's a fucking another three and a half feet of wasted metal with 110 or 115 on that bar. It drove me up a fucking wall. So the innovation came naturally because I was so fucking annoyed by the problem in the first place. Same thing with the pull-up rig. I got so sick and tired of looking at pull-up rigs. Every gym had one. They cost a ton of money. And then, like, if you're like me, I bought mine from Muscle Driver back in the day, which was, like, the Rogue Fitness of the South. And then they went out of business, and now I can't buy any parts for it. It's just like, I was like, God, this problem sucks dick. And guess what? There's plenty of other problems. I want, like, I I wanted to solve a bunch of problems. That's where the innovation came from. But for you guys to help you become innovative, think question one, what problems do I have with the way things are done? What don't you like about it? And make a list of this, a huge list. I don't like that plyo boxes are like this, or I don't like that things do this, or class goes like this, whatever the problem is. Then I want you to go ahead, and if money was no object, engineering was not complicated, and you could do anything, what would that be? Very simple. What's the problem? Then number two, money wasn't an option and you could have the engineering done for it in a heartbeat. 
what would you have? What would you create? What would be different? Sometimes you'll find that it's a really easy solution, kind of like me. Uh, sell the rig and then give everyone two sets of rings, high and low. Everyone get like, that, that was super simple, very inexpensive. I actually made money on the idea because the rings cost less than the rig. But for some of you guys, you know, like I look at Mike Jones and Alchemy, right? If you guys aren't familiar with them, they created the Torpedo. Well, that wasn't an inexpensive solution. That was a very expensive solution. They went ahead and said, hey, you know what? We don't want barbells in our gyms. They take up too much space. We don't want just dumbbells in our gym. There's too many of them. And we don't want to have barbell or dumbbells and kettlebells. So what would we create? So they addressed the problems. And then if engineering and money wasn't an issue, what would that look like? And if you've ever seen the original prototypes of the torpedo, it was cement literally cement with like rebar handles. It was like, I mean, it literally looks like something from like ancient times, but that's how you start. If you really want to innovate guys, that's how you do it. Now, if the thing you're looking to innovate isn't a product, like a physical product, and what you're trying to innovate is the service itself, the same rules apply. So again, like if it's one of these things, so I was a PT first gym. Many of you guys know when I was CrossFit South End and, uh, and when I, even for a, for a fraction of a second, when we moved into urban movement, we kept PT first going for a while, but PT first, the thing I loved about it was the extra cash up front. Love the additional cash up front. I liked what it did, um, for customer like knowledge. But it didn't really help our retention because, again, in my market, this is a transient market. People are moving. It doesn't matter whether they – it has nothing to do with them burning out or not knowing the movement. They're just – they're relocating. I'm in a transient. You're only living in my district in Charlotte, North Carolina for a finite period of time. So for all the reasons I like PT first, which was mainly retention-based because people learn the shit. They don't get injured. That didn't apply to my gym. So what do I need? Okay, I need to create a different service a way of servicing people. And that's where we took our straight-to-class model, which again, the straight-to-class model is not innovative. Everyone's doing it. But the way we do ours is unique. I've never never seen anyone do it exactly like how we do ours. So like that was it. What was my problem? My problem was PT first is too slow. I can't get enough people started. There's a high barrier to entry because of the cost. And it's not actually helping my retention because of the transient neighborhood I'm in. So, okay, those are all the problems. And if money wasn't an issue and I could change anything, which I can because I own the fucker, like this is my bitch, like I can change this anytime I want, this is my Petri dish, what would I do? I said, well, I would go ahead and I, I, I instead of doing 30-minute consultations, I'd do a 10 to 15-minute consultation. And, you know, in order to make sure people show up, we'd go ahead and get credit cards first. And when they came in, we would give a very quick, like 90 second spiel and tour. And then we go ahead and we take them onto the floor. We walk them to get their equipment. Like we walk, like these are all the things I would do instead. And then we do the five minute close, right? If any of you guys follow, you know, you're in MGU, you understand what I talk about when I meet, when I say the five minute close, that's essentially because you do all the price conversations up front during lead nurture. And, um, and then finally again, during the tour. And it makes it super easy. So at the end of the at the end of the session, someone goes, "Cool." So what, so Sally, what'd you think of the class? Oh, it was awesome. You're like great, oh, we're great. So we had talked about the unlimited membership, right? Is that the one you're still interested in? Cool. Well, listen, I'm gonna go set you up with Jean up at the front desk. She'll go ahead and get you all taken care of. Have a great day. Like no stress, no hard closes, no objection handling. 
Anyway, um, guys, innovation, do not spend time racking your brain trying to think how you're going to innovate the industry, how you're going to innovate products if you own the gym. Again, all you need to do is wait. And, and if you don't have problems, like I've got gym owners that are trying to innovate and they really don't see an issue. They're like, yeah, but I want to do something different than wood rings. I'm like, why? Well, I don't know. Everyone has wood rings. I'm like, That's not really a problem. The fact that everyone has something is not a problem. I know you might think that's a problem because it doesn't make unique. That's truly not the real problem. This individual was just trying to find a way to innovate to make himself look different just for the sake of looking different that's a lot of wasted time and energy and money, in my opinion. Innovate when you actually have a visceral response to how things are being done. And I promise you the actual innovation, the solution to those problems are not far away. You probably won't even have to hire a me or somebody else to to pull them out of you. If you truly have visceral reactions to things and issues with the way things are being done, you're probably going to design in your head an abstract concept that could be the solution to that problem. And then you'll boil it down to what's practical and you know realistic and affordable and all these other things. So guys, that's my thought on innovation. Please stop looking to innovate. Let innovation happen by consequence of you trying to fix current problems as you see them within your own microgym. Guys, have a great fucking day. And until I see you, oh God, I did it again. All right, until I see you in the next podcast, have a great fucking day.